Good morning, today's daf is daf Chofkimo. We're going to go from the third last line of Chof Beis Amud Beis, 22b. Um, remember the discussion yesterday was um, acquiring and how to perform a, a Kenyan on an Eved Kanani, okay? We've left Eved Ivri, and Eved Ivri, as we said, is a Jewish slave. We're now on to Eved Kanani, um, as we'll see, different laws apply to them. They're much closer to property than... Uh, um, much closer to property than uh, Eved Ivri. We also know that when you acquire uh, Eved Kanani, basically he goes, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, a half conversion. He, if it's a male, he gets Bris Miller, and then a man or woman, they go to Mikvah. Then they live as a same halachas as a Jewish woman, except they're still not considered Jewish to the degree that they can't marry other Jews, they can't inherit or own property. They're still, excuse me, they're still slaves and to a degree um, non-Jewish slaves. Um, and they don't go free at... Uh, they don't go free in the Yovel year. They only will see, uh, will get there in today's stuff how they do go free. I mean, we did mention it in the Mishnah, but it's a specific process to free an Ebed Kanani. Um, no, there's no, yeah, there's no automatic freedom. They're inherited like any other property by the closest, uh, what's it, by the next of kin. Um, so that's the deal. We did see, remember, we saw at the end of uh, when we when we discussed that it, it comes up in Gittin as well because one of the ways of freeing an evidentiary, as we'll see today, is through a get shechur, which has very similar, has many similar halachas because of exera shaba to a get that a woman receives a divorce document. So, um, so, so we did touch on there, and then we brought the Rambam. So I think it's always important to uh, bring, just because it keeps our minds on uh, on on track and where we should, there's a lot strict letter of the law, and then there's also how we're supposed to live and how we're supposed to view things, and that is um, the. Uh, the Rambam brings that obviously he's your property, theoretically you can do what you want with him, you can borderline starve him and tell him to make his own plan with food, you can um, you can uh, work him to the bone, you can probably even, I don't know, I must say check this out, but you can probably even give him a few whips to keep him in, uh, in line, but the Rambam says you've got to remember he's a person and you should be treating him like that. All these that things that are allowed that is your property, not the good way to do it, that's Minadin is your property. But on the other hand, he's a person and you should treat him like that. Touches back what we were discussing about, uh, you know, how we treat our, our domestic workers and, uh, and, and an Evid Ivory. Obviously, as I said, there are major differences between an Evid Ivory, a domestic worker, and, and then even major differences to an Evid Kanani. But we should still. I want to say it again, it's a hard one. Is the Torah condoning having slaves? Is it saying it's okay? Is it. Uh, I, I don't know why I'm not so comfortable with this view, but it is becoming more prevalent. And if I remember correctly, I think Rabbi Sachs holds it. But basically, you've got to remember that they say you've got to remember who the Torah was speaking to. When the Torah was given, it was given in a society where slaves are 100% access, acceptable. Not only that, they were not considered humans. They were literally considered property. And you could do what you wanted with them. And, to do, you know, you could kill your slave. You're going to tell me I can't uh, kill my cow. Of course I can. So you could kill your slave. Now that's the society the Torah was given into. Therefore the Torah comes along and puts in... It's open. Okay, you're living in a society where there's slaves. We're going to allow slaves. But it puts in a few halachas that start your mind thinking. But wait, is a slave really not a person? Along those halachas are laws of murder. If you kill your slave, you're a murderer. If your animal kills a slave, it's not like when your animal kills another ox. It's worse. There's a special penalty of shloshim shall ever when your animal kills a slave. Um, these sort of halachas that slowly trigger you, maybe even subconsciously, that I can't view this, this slave as an as property, I've got to view it as a person. And then slowly over the centuries, that subconscious, that subliminal messaging goes through into now the idea of owning a person is um, abhorrent to us. Again, quite an interesting perspective, and that would explain a few halachas that we found quite difficult. It says, no, if you look in their culture, the Torah is working within that culture, and it's slowly, and, but the way in the halachas, are there to elevate us. But again, if, if the Torah would come in and say you cannot have slaves or things, 
it just wouldn't uh, um, to be honest people people grow most when they do it slowly and almost subconscious slowly and uh, subconsciously developing themselves and we see I mean a lot of people aren't happy with this I mean what I've just said because again the Torah's it's, it's to a degree it sounds like it's saying the Torah's was limited Whereas again, on the other hand, people like Rav Sachs will say, no, that's the beauty and the expanse of the Torah, is it could speak across all generations and still develop a culture and a humanity. But I mean, we almost see in many ways, I feel the world's headed in that direction. If you think about the stories of Tanakh, how you read um, how the different nations treated each other and the war and the tribalism to something slowly more sophisticated, but the monarchies were still not great. You know, and headed over into um, democracy and Western democracy. It, it does seem, in some aspects, that the world is improving. Um, I don't know in all aspects, but in some aspects, it does seem over the last few two, three thousand years, the world's improved. Okay, but let's get back into our topic at hand. So we mentioned um, doing um, Kenyan on a slave. One of them we mentioned was a chazaka. What's a chazaka? So we said that's where you make the slave do an aspect of service. So he undresses you, he carries your bags for you, something like that. So Rabbi Yehuda Hunda, Ger Rabbi Yehuda the Ethiopian was a convert that didn't have any relatives. Cholash, he became ill. Now what happens to a Ger's property when he dies? So obviously if he has children, it will go to them. But if he doesn't have children, the property becomes ownerless. Because there's no one to inherit it. So, so what did he so, uh, so So just keep that in mind. So we have Yehuda the convert, Rabbi Yehuda the convert, who had no relatives. Cholashi became ill. Oh, Marzutra, Lashi Yulebe, Marzutra went to visit him. He saw that the world was too much for him to handle. He was on his, uh, he was about to die. So, Amr Leila Avdei, Sholofli Misanai, please take off my shoes. And take them to my house. And we're going to see two versions in who the slave was, which will bring out an, uh, um, a, 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 a halachic distinction. But the important point here is, he's, what's he doing here? He's making him work for him so that he's busy working for him at the moment that Rabbi Yehuda Hunda does. That's what, because he didn't, he didn't say, why didn't, the, the obvious question is, why did he make him carry his clothes home? Why not just wait for, so yeah, take off my shoes and carry them home. Why didn't he just wait for Rabbi Yehudu Hunda to die and then do a Kenyan on the Ebed? Why did he make him do this Kenyan that would be, that he'd be um, working for him as Rabbi Yehudu Hunda died? So that's the point you want to keep in the back of your mind. So Ikat Omri God will have it. Some say he was the slave was an adult slave. And therefore, as Rabbi Yehuda departed for death, Rabbi, um, Rabbi uh, Marzutra stepped in alive I, as his new master. Now, why? Because in every, well, let's read the next line. It will all become apparent and be easy to explain. Some say, no, this child was, um, this slave was actually a mana, and it is to argue on Abishol. So, so there's a machloikas here. Are we talking about an adult slave or a child slave? What's the difference? An adult slave, as we'll see in the Bryce shortly, if he's left Hefker, he's going to acquire himself. Whereas a child, there's this machlokes, can a child acquire himself? So the first, so that's why, now we understand why Ravud, why Marzutra wanted him to be working, doing this, because if he left him for a moment um, unowned, then the slave would acquire himself. So if, if Rav Yehuda Hunda died, died, and then a few minutes later, Mazutra asked him to do a king, to do a, to work for him, I to do it, wanted to do a Kenyan Chazaka, it wouldn't work, it would be too late. So comes along Rebbe, um, so comes along uh, Mazutra and made him work, do a, a work so that the second that he, that his master does, he's now doing a Kenyan Chazaka for Rebbe Zaira. The question is, is that only for an adult or do you even need to do that for a child? 
So that depends on the low comes to Tanya, we learn to the Brahsa Gesha Maisu Bizvuzu Ishram Khasav. If you have a no a convert who dies and Israel is plundering his property, Bahu Bohemavonim, and there were slaves, whether they are adults or children, they acquire themselves. The adult slaves acquire themselves. When it comes to the children, whoever acquires them gets them. So again, so that's the Makrokes. Now we understand what Rabbi Mazutra was trying to do, and the version of what the slave was an adult or a child also would fit into the machlokes of does a child acquire his own freedom if he becomes, if his master dies, the gear. And just interesting here, Rashi says, Wunda, the Eretz Kushi, was uh, Indian. And we know there was a famous, I think it was in around the 70s, maybe a bit earlier, actually, when there was the whole question around the Ethiopian Jews. They were called, I don't know, I don't remember the, the real name, but it's along the lines of Beis Israel, an Ethiopian tribe, and they wanted to determine, they, are they really Jews, or are they non-Jews? Um, and the issue was, I mean, they had been lived in, they lived in Ethiopia for a good few thousand years, maybe, maybe since the first temple or something like that. Um, some say from the time the ten tribes were exiled, and they had certain practices, not at all Talmud, and they had no uh, connection to the Talmud. Their religion was, or their, their practice was almost similar to, more similar to the Kroim, who only had the Torah Shabbat Shabbat. Because if you think about it, the discussions of the Talmud unfolded and developed only after the second base of English. Um, so, 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 they, so, so there was a whole big, I mean, halachic controversy. Um, where the how should they be viewed? Do we view them as Jews? Because they allege that they are descendants of Jews, or do we, or do they have to convert to convert to Judaism? Because they, who says maybe they really Christians? Um, and then a step further, there was also a legal discussion in Israel. You know, about the what's it, the law of the right of return? Do you treat them as Jews? And, they have that or not? So there's a big. Uh, Rabbi Vanya Yosef actually said that they are 100% Jewish, nothing to discuss. Um, but that's just interesting. Here we have Rabbi Yehuda Huda, a ger, the Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda from Ethiopia, who was a convert. Again, this doesn't, I don't think this helps us in the modern discussion because he could have been any Ethiopian who wanted to convert. Nothing to do with uh, that tribe of uh, Betty Israel. I think on Beti Israel or Beit Israel, something like that. Um, okay, Bekesef al So the, oh, Bekoines Asma Bekesef. We mentioned that a Eved Kanani acquires in Trelves through Kesef and a Shtar. Now, I'm just going to read the Mishnah again because this is uh, the points in the Mishnah that are relevant to us because this is where the whole discussion is going to be around. It says Bekoines Asma Bekesef al Yedei Achayim or Shtar al Yedei Asma. According to Rabbi Meir, he requires, if it's through money, it has to be through someone else. And if it's Bashtar, then it can be, then it has to be through himself. And the Chachomim say the other way around. The Chachomim Omrim, Bekesef al Yedei Atzmo. If it's through money, it can be through himself. Bashtar al Yedei Atzmo. And if it's through money, it's through someone else. Why would you say that it is? Limited to others, are you limiting? Like Rabbi Meir says, but kesef and with a star Why would you say that? And what? Um, and is it specifically so? in By the fact that Rabbi Meir says he can acquire himself through money through someone else, that implies not through his own hands. I, a slave can't give money to the master to free himself. Someone else has to give money to the master on behalf of the slave. And, and the logic will unfold through the sugya, so I'm not going to go into it as we do it. Um, and now, what are we dealing with? If you're going to tell me this is without the slave's consent, but we know that Rabbi Meir says this is when we discussed it in Kitin. It is a liability. It's not a good thing for a slave to be freed. He doesn't want to be freed. One is um, because if he's a Kohen, um, if he was a slave of a Kohen, he could continue to eat Shuma. 
And secondly, if he was the slave of Israel, he had a he had shifcha kananis. He was available to uh, which are more uh, free with themselves, and uh, so he had all other advantages being a slave. So it's, you can't. So it's a negative thing. But Tanina, and we learned to the Mishnah, zokin adam shalabefana You can do something that's good for a beneficial for a person, not in front of him, I without his consent. But you can't do something that's a chov to him. That is. To, uh, that it's a, he would view as negative or a liability. So according to Rabbi Meir, you can't free the slave without his consent because it's negative to him. So So it must be the mission is discussing a case midato where the slave agrees. And it's coming to teach us that specifically through other people the slave can be freed but not through himself. What's that coming to tell us? Alma, we see Ain Kenyan a slave cannot own anything exclusive of his master. Anything that is given to a slave automatically becomes the master's. And therefore, if someone gives the slave money to free himself, as the slave gets that money, it turns into the master's money. So he can't free himself. Well, that's Rabbi Meir says he can't, where we hold him. So, Ihathi. I'm a safer, but then wait, the safer is a little difficult because it says, Bishtar al atmo, al atmo in al law. We say the slave can receive a star on his own behalf, but not on behalf of someone else. Now, if it says, if you're telling me it's with his consent, which is the first case, we said, to bar the slave free, it has to be with the slave's consent. So then, so to this case where it's to give a star, it has to be with the slave's consent. Why can't someone else receive it on behalf of the slave? Why can't the slave say, please, uh, Ruvain, accept my star for me? So, maybe he'll say, no, it's saying, even through himself, I, not only can someone else receive the star on behalf of the slave, but even the slave can receive it. And what's the chidush? And it's coming to teach us that this novel idea that the get and his own hand happen at the same time. What does that mean? Remember, you've got a huge predicament if you say that you can give a slave a star. Because what happens? The star has to be given from the master out of his rishus to the slave. But as soon as the slave picks up what his master is giving him, it's still in the master's rishus. The slave's almost acting on behalf of his master. So it's still, it's basically the master passing it from his one hand to his other hand. So the Torah, tell, we learn that the Torah tells us there's a novel halacha that as he puts the star into the slave's hand, that instantaneously both it becomes the slave's own hand and he takes the star that frees him so that the slave can become his own person. That happens instantaneously. Again, even though theoretically it doesn't make sense because this, he has to be free before he can hold the document to become his. But this is this novel halacha of Gitov, the Yod of Boim Ke'echot, is that no, instantaneously both happen. But Rabbi Meir doesn't teach this. The Tanya, as we learned in a Rabbi Meir says he can receive a star through himself, which implies not necessarily through other people. So we're stuck. If you want to tell me that Rebbe Meir is discussing a case, Midato, well then the Reisha doesn't make sense. Sorry, Shalom Midato, the Reisha doesn't make sense because how can someone receive the money to free the slave on behalf of the slave when it's detrimental to him? So it must be Midato. But if you're going to tell me that it is Midato, well then why can't someone else accept the star on behalf of the slave? Why can't the slave all say, Reuven, please accept the star on my behalf? Why not? Says Omar Abai says Lo Elam Shalomidato. Now it's as you learn that it's Shalomidato, it's without the slave consent. Of a shiny kesef, but money, the freeing the slave through money is differently. Why? Just as you can buy the slave against his will, you can also free him against his will. Wow, what's happening here? What's the what's what's playing here? If if the master, if Ruvain wants to sell his slave, 
He doesn't need the slave's consent. Shimon gives Ruvain money and uh, the slave transfers from Ruvain to Shimon. So, so too with freeing him, Shimon gives Ruvain money and the slave goes free. The affecting the status, affecting the, one second, affecting the status of the slave can happen against the slave's will with Kenyan Keset. That's what we're saying, yes? It's every slave. No, no, Evid Kanani. Oh. We moved on, I also mentioned that at the beginning. We moved on from Evid to Evid Kanani. Evid Ivri, you can't sell an Evid Ivri. Says, Well, then you should say the same thing by the star. Just as the master, Ruven, just as Reuven can accept, can give Shimon a star to acquire his slave, why can't he give Shimon the star to free his slave? So it's not high star lafut for high star lafut. Like two different types of staros. We actually saw similar swara elsewhere. Um, I don't know if it was earlier in this Masech. I think it was earlier in this Masech. Because we have a similar, a few discussions that's similar in Daf, around Daf Hay. But it could also have been in Gitin. Remember, what makes up a star? The text. When you're transferring your slave from, or Reuven transferring his slave to Shimon and he writes a star, that's a star mecher or matona. That the wording is to do with a sale or a gift. What type of star are we talking about to free the slave? The get shichrur. It's a totally different ball game. So therefore, the star can work to, can't work to free him unless it's um, done with his concern. So hachanami why can't you say the same thing with money? When Ruvain got the slave, it was with 100 rand. And now he's selling him, it's with 250s. It's different money. So he says, no, the imprint on the coin is the same thing. Money is the same thing. The way money is affecting the chazaka, the, the, sorry, the status of the slave, is the exact same. So therefore, it makes no difference. So in summary, um, so that's what Abaya says. It's the way that the, it's the way that they're working that makes this difference. The way a star kesef can work against the slave and therefore somewhat against the slave's will. So it's not through what we would call working, um, you can What's it? You can do something good on behalf of a person without their consent, but you can't do something detrimental to them on behalf of them. That's not what's happening here. Abayah says, what's happening here? If you look at Kenyan Kesef, that works against the slave. You can sell your slaves without your slave's uh, will. You can buy them from someone else without the slave's consent. So, so to here, the master can accept the money and free him against his will. But again, that mechanism won't work with the star. Says Rava Amar Rava says he gives a different way of explaining it. The difference between kesef and star says kesef kabbalos rabo gormalo, star kabbalos achirin gormalo. By money, it is the masters. Um, it's the receiving of the money by the master that triggers his freedom. I almost the slave leave the slave out the picture. It's when Ruvain, the slave master, receives the money that the slave goes free. So what difference does or, so what difference does it make when the whole thing is triggered by the master? If Ruvain receives the money, the slave sold, or if Ruvain receives the money, the slave goes free. You don't need the slave's consent for that. It's totally up to the master. So that's the mecha, the, the way that's what's happening here is the money is given the master, which triggers the slave's sale or release. But it's totally up to when the master receives the money. Nothing to do with poor slave. He's not, he's not involved in the negotiation. However, but with the star, it's the actual receiving of the star that triggers the release. And therefore, that is involving, involving the slave, and therefore it would have to be with, um, with consent. Okay, that's, and that's why by Ashtar we said it has to be done through his own, uh, through his, by Ashtar it has to be done through the slave or with someone else's agreement. Okay, now we move on to the Chachomim. The Chachomim, they said the opposite. etc. And on the surface, 
Achairim. So he says, Bekezav Alidah Atmo'in, Alidah Achairim Lo. So you're telling me that a slave can only go free if he's using his own money, but he can't go free using someone else's money. Am I? Why not? Nehinami Deshalomi Dato. Even if it is without the slave's consent, and we have two reasons to say we're discussing a case without the slave's consent. Firstly, that's how we learned Rebbe May in the ratio of the mitzvah. The against the, the money's being transferred. So it makes most sense here. Also, the Chachomim hold... Oh, where did I did write that there were two... Um, yeah, why can't it... Um, that would also make sense to say why it can't be done by someone else if it's Shalomidato. According to the Rabbonin, we learned in Gittin that it's to the slave's advantage to go free. Therefore, the Tnina, that we learned in a Brysa, you can do something to a person's advantage without their consent. So again, so what we're asking, you said that it has to be with the slave's money and it can't be through someone else and it's shalomidata. Even if it's shalomidata, you can do it against the slave, not against the slave, but without the slave knowing about it because it's advantageous to the slave. So if we say, what does it mean through someone else's hands? The Kamash Malan, the Yesh Kinyan Leeved Belorabo. I Hachi Eimer Seifa Bishtar Al Yaday Achirim Velo Al Yaday Atzmo. Well, then we say in the Seifa, a Shtar through others and not through himself. Sorry, so. Um, Sorry, sorry, I didn't explain it clearly. Um, I, I, I skipped one. Um, so, so where we're holding at the moment is, if you want to say Shalom Yudat, or even according to Rabban, and why can't someone else receive the money on behalf of the slave? Or provide the money on behalf of the slave? Sorry, why can't someone else provide the money on behalf of the slave? Because it's to the slave's advantage. Yeah. That's, That's the question. Help. Even if it's behind his back. So he says, So maybe you'll say when the Pazak said he can receive them, it can be his money. It's saying, obviously someone else can pay for the slave's release, but even the slave himself can pay for his release. And the Kiddush that is teaching us, that a slave can own something independent of his master. That's what we want to suggest. So you're right. Oh, someone else can pay for the slave to go free. The novel point here is that even the slave can pay for himself to go free, teaching us that a slave can acquire something with us. Oh, yeah, I'm a safer, but then what about the safer? He can receive a star on behalf of some. Someone else can receive the star on behalf of the slave, implying, but not him. Of a whole on the Gita Vyoda Boinka Echod. But we know the rabbis hold for the principle of Gita Vyoda Boinka Echod. This magical aloha that as the second he receives the document, he acquires his hand to acquire the document. So again, so why can't someone else, or why, why would you say that only someone else can receive the get on behalf of the state? It says, Maybe you'll say that it's saying, yes, obviously the slave can receive it himself because of Gitu Yoruba The novelty is that even someone else can receive it on behalf of the slave to teach us that it's advantageous to the slave to go free. But then we should have mixed the two clauses together. Again, the, the way it's phrased in the Mishnah is a slave can receive the money by himself and he can and a star through someone else. Implying they're mutually exclusive. Because otherwise it should have mixed them together and thought and taught Bekesef Bain al sorry, Bekesef Uvishtar Bain al Bain al If both times you're going to say it means even, I, even through others, I, obviously through himself, but even through others, and then you're going to say even through others, I, obviously through himself, and then just teach it as one point. 
A slave can acquire himself through, well, through Ketem and Shtara, a slave can acquire through himself or through someone else. So that can't be Pshat in the Mishnah. Elo, but Ketem, so rather, what are you going to say? By money, it's whether through someone else or whether through himself. And when the Mishnah mentions that is whether through someone else's hand, Sorry, that's only through someone else's hand, but not through himself. The Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, who, and it's actually Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, the Tanya, as we learned in the Bible, the Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, Aimer, Af Peshtar al Yadai Achirin Velo al Yadai Atzmo. Even a star can only be acquired through someone else and not through himself. The Shalosh Machloikos Betover, and the Mishnah is actually a three-way Machloikos. It sounds, and I'm going to explain it according to Rashi. There are difficulties in Rashi, but basically, how Rashi understands the Mishnah is. There are three different opinions. We thought it was just two. We thought it was the Tarak, Rebbe Meir and the Chachomim. And Rebbe Meir was the one who said, um, what was it, Kesef Alidaya Chayrim and Shtar Alidaya Atma. And the Chachomim came along and said the opposite. But as we've just shown, you can't learn it like that. Um, it must be um, uh, it can't be like that. Therefore, you have to explain the Mishnah like this according to Rashi. Now, I wrote it down and I'm just going to go through because it's a good summary of the main points we discussed in the Bryce. So the first part of the Mishnah is, again, I'm quoting the Mishnah, Through money it has to be through someone else. And what's the reason? Because... First... Huh? It becomes his, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. The principle of a, a slave cannot ha- own something independently of his master. And this, again, this is whether midato or whether shalom midato. Either like a buyer said or like Rama said, but basically because the money is going directly to the master, so it's totally up to the master, that's what Rama said. Or a buyer says, no, it's because the the it's totally up to the master whether to sell his slave or to set his slave free so he doesn't need the slave's consent. That's the first point. The next point to the Mishnah again, still really now, of a star al atma, a star through himself, implying not through someone else, that's only shalomidato. But data, obviously, someone else can receive the star of Bob somewhere else. When it's against, when it's not with the slave consent, that's where we're talking about. Because Chavula. And then Rebbe Meir also holds You have that magic instant, I don't know, I don't like using the word magic when we discuss it tomorrow. Because that's the last thing from it. You can look at the the choice and others who explain it, but that's it. Then, so that's the first clause is already there. In response to one of those, the Chachomim argue and they say, Bekesef al yaday atzmo. The Chachomim argue, Bekesef al yaday atzmo. I that, obviously al yaday acherim. They can acquire the money on behalf, they can give money on behalf of the slave. And it says, Chuzula according to the Chachomim, so it works, Naimidato ben Shalomidato. And what's the novelty in this law? A slave can actually acquire something independent of his master. We'll discuss a bit further down the page how, but a slave can, a bit further in the duff, a slave can acquire something against his master and give it all, and, and therefore he can pay for his own freedom. That's a novelty. And then the Mishnah doesn't discuss it, but we can work out what the Rabbonin holds with the Shtar. Firstly, and it can be done whether by himself or whether through someone else, because Yesh so that's and now this is the novelty of how we've just explained the Mishnah. The less the next line in the Mishnah, which we thought was still part of the Rabbanon, is actually only through someone else's hand. That's Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. Sorry, not Rabbi Shimon ben Azariah. Rabbi Shimon ben Azariah. So again, we initially understood 
to be one opinion, which I know that's actually two opinions. The Chachomim are saying Bekezev Adida Atmo, and Rabbi Shimon Ben Elazar is coming along and saying Beshtar Adida Chayrim. That's the novelty. And why? Because he holds that. We don't say that his hand applies, that's why the star has to be given to someone else. And also he holds so you can't free him with money. Um, that is the main point of this previous piece, according to Rashi. Okay, let's try to go very fast. Then Omar my time at Rabbi Shimon Ben What's the source for Rabbi Shimon Ben I, that a gechichu must be through someone else's hands. So Gomer lo lo ma'isha. He learned lo lo from a woman. Ma'isha ad sheyitzay get lirshus shayna shelo. Just as a get has to leave his rishus, leave the husband's rishus. Af eved nami ad sheyitzay get lirshus shayna shelo. So to hear it has to leave the master's rishus. Remember, when a man a man doesn't own his wife, he doesn't have a kinyan on her girl. So when he gives the get into her hand, it is leaving his rishos. When he gives the get into uh, get shichur into his slave's hand, well, that's the same as passing it from one hand to the other, from his right hand to his left hand. So, because the slave's just an extension of his hand, but but luckily, um, so so that's why someone else can't acquire it. Rashi points out the other opinions also hold law law. They just learn just as a woman can receive her own get. So a slave can receive his own get. They're not looking at the mechanisms. Is that a, They're not focusing on... Rabbi Shimon ben is focusing on that as leaving the husband's rishos. So it has to leave the master's rishos. Okay. Boy, Rabbi, ask. The Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, Evid Kanani, Ma'al Shayasa, Shliyas, Lekabal, Kitom, Yad Rabbo. Can an Evid Kanani act as a shaliach to accept it from his master. Kivain to Gomer Lo Loma Isha, since we learn Xerish Shabbat, connecting it to a get by woman. Keisha, he's like a woman who can appoint a shliach to receive a get. A woman can ask someone, can you please go receive a get from my husband on my behalf? Says, Oi, Dilma, Isha, Diihi, Motsi, Makabel, it's Gitta, Shliach, Nami, Motsi, Mashvilei, Evid. Diihu, Loi, Makabel, Gitta, Shliach, Nami, Loi, Motsi, Mashvi. He says, No. A woman can receive a, um, who can, who herself, can receive a get, can appoint a slave to receive a, uh, uh, sorry, a shaliyah to receive a get, a slave who can't receive the get himself, because this is Rabbi Shimon Elaz, remember he says he can't receive the, the, the get, in, the, the get shikhur himself, he also can't appoint a shaliyah to receive himself. Now, all the Rishonim are baffled with this piece, but in short, I'll, I'll do it from the Ritva's approach. Um, the Ritva asks, um, according to Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, it's a schusulah, it's good for the slave to be received. So it doesn't matter whether you're acting as a shliach on behalf of the slave, or you're just acting with the mechanisms of zakin la'adam shalomofonov, I can acquire something that's, and that's an advantage to you. Either way, when Ruvain receives the get on behalf of the slave, he'll go free. Whether he's working as the slave's Shliach, or whether he's just doing it as a schusulah. So what, what's Rabbi's question? What difference does it make? Do you see the question? So, so the Ritva gives two answers. The first answer he says is, there could be a case where the person, where the master insists, I only want you to acquire this get as a shliach of my slave. If the master insists on that, well, then if he can be, if the slave can appoint a shliach, Good, he's a shliach and he receives it on behalf of the slave. If it's from the mechanisms of schusudah, then the slave won't go free. Oh, sorry. Then, then yeah. And, and he explains because, again, if, I, if you're not acting as a shliach on the slave and the master's giving it to you as a shliach on the slave, for all intents and purposes, even when you go and give it to the slave, it's as if the master put it on the ground. And as we know, if, you, if I put this on the ground and the slave comes and picks it up, that's not a good Kenya. Yeah. So, so therefore it wouldn't work. That's the one answer. The Ritva gives, says a second answer in the name of uh, Rabbeinu Yitzchak. I don't remember the surname. He said uh, some, uh, some relative of his Rebbe. I think that's the Ramban or the Rashba. But uh, the second answer he gives, which he prefers, uh, I don't think the first answer doesn't work. It's just quite a almost 
difficult reading to it. When would the master say this? I mean, sometimes we do. If we're forced into a... If our hands are tied, we will give a strange ukimta, an unlikely establish of the case. But here you say in that case, it's unlikely. So we'd rather give another answer. And what's the second answer the Ritva gives? Is that um, if the, the slave hears that Ruvain's accepted the Shtar Shifu on his behalf. And he says, oh, come on, I really didn't want to go free. Why the hell, why the heck did you do that? So the slave, if he had appointed him as a Shliach, and he was a Shliach too late, you told Ruvain to accept the Shtar on your behalf. Ruvain accepted on, on your behalf, and now you're complaining? It's too late. It's like buying something and then waking up the next morning and saying, you know what, I don't feel like it anymore. Or I send you to the shops for me and then say, can you please buy me some apples? And then you come back with the apples and I'm like, actually, I don't feel like them. You keep them. Can't do that. Once it's been done on your behalf, it's been done on your behalf. However, if it's through the mechanisms of Zechuzhulam, that means that's only when it's Zechuzhulam. We assume that freeing a slave is to his advantage and therefore we allow someone to do it not on behalf of the slave. But it, uh, w- sorry, not with consent of the, not with the slave's awareness, just assuming that the slave wants to do that. But if as the slave hears about it, he says, come on, why did you do that? I don't want it. I don't want to be free. Well, then clearly it wasn't as Husu line it would be cancelled. Yeah. So that's the second answer that the Ritva gives. And he says, this, he thinks this is very good. And he's very happy with that answer. Just important, then the Ritva brings out a very an important thing. He says, this sukhi is highlighting. Again, I would have thought, let's say someone wants to give me a gift. And there's no one to receive it. So you receive it on my behalf. That's as Husu line. What's the mechanisms there? And the Ritva points out, he says, By the way, we learn from here. When we say that you acquire something on my behalf because it's to my advantage, it's not the same as working as Mashliach. It's the same as like well, let's not go there yet. Just let's just understand this point clearly. We're saying that, okay, because if it was on as a, if we said when you acquire something on my behalf, it's as a shaliyah, well then there's no difference between zakin or shaliyah. Must be zakin is different. That's the ritual shita. We might discuss it a bit later in the Masechta again. But that's a ritual shita. And then he says, therefore, if you're doing something on behalf of a child, okay, a, a child cannot appoint a shaliyah. So if he says, can you go do this for me and you do it for him? That's not a Doraisa Kenyan. Maybe Doraisa it is, Dorabonin it is, but it's definitely not Doraisa. But Midin's Chus, the Ritva wants to say, it will work. Because you're not acting as a Shliach from him. It's almost, I guess, you're stepping into his shoes and doing it purely as him. Okay, uh, what did you want to say? That's like Eric Shutter's the gift. Yeah, the argument that the gift would be going up. I'm not saying that the chocolate is yeah. going to eat that night, but I'm saying that it's a bowl. Yeah, so, so that's, yeah, we do it. That's, that's the din of Zakin Laram Shalom Now, is the person you give it to, so you give it to me to acquire on behalf of your friend you're going right. to, is that, uh, am I acting as a shliach? So Ritva says, clearly not. Okay, yeah. Um, it's almost, I think you would say, almost me stepping into their shoes. Yeah, then what happens if you want to give the kids' presents as well? Oh, so no, it would definitely work. Uh-huh. Okay, one says a Kenyan Jarapon and a might also work, but that's what the Ritva is saying. Is, since I'm not acting as a shliach of the child, um, stepping into his shoes, well, but no, so stepping into his shoes wouldn't work then because can a child do a Kenyan? Okay, so let's leave it, and we'll come back to it another, I think it comes up again later in the Masechta, so we'll clarify that. But, so, so it's just my language, but he's saying there's a major difference between the way a shliach works and the way Zakin Laodam Shalabafonov works, and it's not as an aspect of shliach. Okay. But wait, if that's your explanation, now we have the issue with what Huna said, the name of Rabbi Yeshua. It says, honey, there, the question is, when you give a kohen a sacrifice to offer, is he working on your behalf? Or is he working on Hashem's behalf? The difference there, where it's discussed in the Dorim, is if you, if you take, I take a neder, I'm not allowed to get a benefit from Elazar Kohen. 
and, and Lazar is now taking my sacrifice to offer. If he's doing it on my behalf as a shliach of me because I'm sending him to offer my korban, well then he can't do it for me because I can't, I've taken a shvur that, that I can't get benefit from him. If he's doing it on behalf of Hashem, I, Hashem says, oh, do the avoider. He's not doing it on my behalf, he's doing it on Hashem's behalf. Well, then he can do it for me, even though I can't get benefit from Then he can do it, even though I can't. So Rabbi Yoshua, so Rabbi Huna, Rabbi Yoshua says, Hani kahani shlucha drachmoneninu, they're agents of Hashem. Why do Isa'at adata shluchei didaninu, if you want to tell me that they are shluchim on behalf of a person, mi ikamiri da'ana lo matzino nabdinu ve'inu matzi avdi. He says, is there anything that you can't do, but you can appoint your shliach to do? I built into shlichus is I can only appoint him to do something that I can do. But now he says, but that's not true. But here we've just seen, I left out an important line, but let's just finish and come back. Says, but here we have a case of the slave can't do something, but his shliach can. Why are we saying it like this? I left out the key line to answer our question. Our question was, is when Ruvain acquires the star on behalf of the slave, is he acting, is it Mishum Zakin or is it Mishum Shlichus? So Bosa the boy, after Rapa asked this question, Hara Pashta, he answered, We make a Zaira Shava between Get Shichur and a Get Isha. He's like a woman, just as a woman can appoint a Shliach. And it's not Zakim, because remember, we don't say divorce is good for a woman. So to here, you can appoint a Shliach. So to here, you can appoint a Shliach. Yeah, so, so, so we say, but now, so now the question is, oh, we see that a slave can appoint a Shliach, which means you can appoint a Shliach to do something that you can't do, which refutes Rav Huna, Braid Rav Yeshua's proof, who said that the Kohanim, must be working on behalf of Hashem because how can you can't do the temple service? So how can you appoint a Kohen to appoint to the temple? That's not true. We see by a get that you, by a get shikra that you can. Says Velohi. No, that's not a problem. Yisrael lo shalchi b'toyas korbanos klal. Yisrael can never do the temple service. Eved, I was wondering what about on a Baba? But we'll leave that for. Zvachim. Says, oh, Klal, Eved Shain, but Eved Shayas Begitin, but an Eved is connected to a get. I was saying, granted, he can't receive his own get. That's just because of some technicality. Theoretically, he is someone in the Torah's get Shichrur. What do we mean? Where do we see that? The Tanya's we learned in the Rise of Nirin or Hadvarim. It appears, Eved Makabal Gito Shel Chaverim, Yad Rabo Shel Chaverim. A slave can receive a get on his friend's behalf from the hand of his rabbi. So Ruvain's freeing his slave. He can give the get to Shimon's slave to receive it on behalf of his own slave. So again, Ruvain's freeing his slave. Shimon can receive, Shimon's slave can receive the get. Or Shimon can, in other words. Well, obviously Shimon can, but the slave's around, so he has to give it to the slave. So what do we see? A slave can receive a get. And he says, he says, Avalo miyad rabo shelo, but not from his own master. I, if a master has two slaves, he can't give it to the one slave on behalf of the other slave. But that's as we see, because it's, because it's giving it from his right hand to his left hand. But, but what do we see? A slave can receive a get and some other technicalities that are getting in the way. Okay, well, Vachia as long as the kesef belongs to someone else. This was the Chachamim said, as long as the Kesef is someone else's money. It seems that this is what Rebbe Meir and the Chachamim argue. A slave can't receive something independent of his master, and a woman can't receive something independent of her, ba- of her husband. And the woman, just a slave, and a woman can receive, acquire something independent of their Master or husband. Uh, Rashi points out, not that a woman's like a slave, but we know property-wise, remember anything that the woman acquires goes to her husband because he has the responsibilities to feed her and say, redeem her, etc. So he gets all these rights to her property. So that's what we're saying, but a woman's really brought up by the way. So Omar Rabba Rabba says no. That's the first suggestion of the Makhlokes. Rabba's going to say, Omar Rabba, Omar Rabba, Sheshes, Dukuli Alma, Einkinile, Ebed, Belo Rabba. No, a slave cannot acquire something independently of his master. Einkinile, Esh, Belo Bala, and a woman cannot. So if, ah, if you go to a slave and you say, here, here's a hundred rand for you, or here's a hundred rand, the slave does not acquire it. 
Similarly, if someone does that to a woman, says, "Oh, ba'achah b'ma'askinon," what's the machloi case here? The akni lay acher mone, where someone's giving him a mone. Va'omar lay and he says to him, "Almashayin l'rab choroshusba," on condition that your master doesn't have power in it. He's not just giving the slave a hundred rand with the assumption that it's for the slave. He's giving the slave a hundred rand, saying, "Here's a hundred rand for you on condition that your owner doesn't have any." Rights in that hundred rand. Now there, Rabbi Meir Sovor ki amalei kani kani eved v'kani rabe. Well, just when we say when this guy says acquire this hundred rand, well, the eved acquires it and the master gets it. V'chi amalei almanas loklum kamalei. And we said when he said almanas, he's not really saying anything. That the Tanah makes is effective. Right, so again, does it work when someone says to a slave, "Here's a hundred rand, on condition that your master has no rights in it"? Rabbi says, uh, "Yes." Rabbi uh, Meir says, "It does not work." The Rabbanon says, "It does work." But according to Rabbi Meir, it seems that the transaction goes through. Um, I think, and we'll see this more clearly in the next one, is that he's he's saying it doesn't work to say. Here's a hundred rand. Here's a hundred rand um, on condition that your master doesn't get it. A contrary way, you're basically saying, here's a hundred rand on condition you don't get it. Because the slave and the master are the same things in acquiring this hundred rand, something like that. Then a third version of the Machlokis for Rebbe Eloz or Aymen Eloz. It says, Kol Ki Hypotet. Okay. Now let's, it's a quick one. I'd rather do it. No, in that case, everyone agrees that the master gets it. Even if he so when he says, here's this hundred rand on condition that your master doesn't, can't have it, you ignore that claim. says, what's the case here? What are they remembering? Where someone gives him money and says, here's money on condition that you go free. No, as soon as the slave acquires that money, it goes straight to the master without freeing him. On condition doesn't make any difference. Because just as he couldn't, um, says, He says, no. Even when it goes to the master, he doesn't acquire it. Because if he would say that to the master, the slave would go free. I, I, I struggled with this answer, but I think very simply what it is, is that according to the Rabbonim, when you're giving it to the slave, saying, on condition this money sets you free, Let's say the master then gets that money. It's on condition that the slave goes free. So the master is free. But then Rebbe Meir is a little bit hard to understand. But I'm not 100% clear on Rebbe Lezer's answer. But we'll leave it here for today.